Welcome. This is Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I'm here with Gabriella Fetman, who's a psychology major at Stern College for Women up in New York. And she's doing a paper and wanted to ask me some questions. And I actually want to ask her some questions about the psychology of collecting and how big a part nostalgia plays in that. And that's something that she's doing research on, perhaps even going to her master's uh, next year. Thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huckman Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, and Compsy.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So welcome, Gabriella. Uh, mm-hmm. Give us a little bit of your educational background and collecting background, especially with respect to your family. And let's talk about the psychology of collecting and nostalgia. Welcome, Gabriella. I grew up in Suffern, New York. Collecting was always a secret hobby of my dad's. He never really shared it with any of us until recently as the card collecting industry has blown up from the pandemic. He recently shared it with my brother and they've been sharing this passion together. So I decided to write a paper about it, but geared towards my passions of psychology. Nostalgia, especially in these times, is very important. A lot of people when they're stressed or in unprecedented times, look towards things that comfort them. So one of these things happens to be card collecting. If it's something that you did as a child or it's something in your family that is important to you and reminds you of the past. So it really gets people through these tough times. So in no way are you dealing with abnormal psychology. This is normal psychology. This is normal, Most yeah. people deal with that. But I'm just fascinated that your dad, are you saying your dad was a stealth collector for 30 years? He was. How did you pull that off? I have no idea. Recently, as this all came about, he told my brother, look at all my cards. He has the books with everything in sleeves, everything you know, perfectly lined up. And he had a box that was not so neatly organized that he brought my brother in to help him go through. Your brother's 13. I always wonder about, and we're straddling the uh, scholarly approach to the practical approach, but your your brother is 13 and that's at an age where, is he thinking about nostalgia or is he just thinking about what's going on right now? How old do you have to be to have nostalgic thoughts? So he's probably with my dad doing it just because they get to spend time together and it's something fun he can do with him and talk about with him. But every child or even children and adults, when they're in times they are having difficulty or there's a lot of research that even things like a baby's blanket or your favorite stuffed animal when you were little, even when you're 13, things that you slept with as babies or things that your favorite toy that got you through childhood, that can help transition from different stages of life. Even when you're a child, developmentally, these things help you transition even when you're at that age. Except you can't sleep with your cards. That would be a bad <laughs> idea. Maybe if they're slabbed, but even if they're slabbed, you roll over on your cards, that might hurt. So your brother is into it on his own, or is he mainly into it because your dad? I'm just wondering if nostalgia is a transferable concept that your dad is saying that this is something that you're going to appreciate when you're older, or is he just saying, hey, this is something I've enjoyed. I think you'd enjoy it too. I definitely think that it started out as that, that my dad enjoys and he'll enjoy later on. But I really think that if they've been doing it for a couple months now, a year, even since everything started, and I really think that it's going to carry him through. And when he's older, he'll be able to take this and look through all the cards that they collected together and remember the times. And that's the nostalgia that will carry on for him later in life. And so the aspect of the pandemic, if we time shifted and this were to be five years ago, 
before the pandemic, before cards got this hot, and your brother was 13, say, five years ago, how would that be different? Did the pandemic give your dad more availability or time with your brother to where this could really blossom? Uh, If it had been five years ago, would it not have happened? Yeah, I don't think it would have happened. I definitely think he would maybe share it as he got older when they were going through things in the basement. But since everyone's at home and again from home, school is on Zoom, everything's all digital now. I think there was time to go through things of the past and sit down with all your stuff that you are looking to because it makes you comfortable in this time or you're just looking because you're bored. So now that they're both together, they do this as something that they could share or something to pass the time even or something that makes them happy together. Nothing that you're saying suggests FOMO that you're, you're <laughs> especially on the part of your brother, but even your dad, they're not worried about missing out on something. They're just enjoying. But does the FOMO come into it? Because that's what I hear a lot of talk about in the organized sports card hobby, that people are worried about missing something. But are your dad and your brother just embracing it? Yeah, I think they're just embracing it. You know, going on Instagram, on the box breaker sites and all that, and just enjoying bidding on some cards and then opening the pack and seeing what they got or talking about, oh, I heard someone got this really expensive card and what's one of a kind and let's try to get more boxes see what we can get. And I've seen them sit together and open boxes that they bought and my dad will hold it up and they'll go through it and they'll say, oh yeah, look what we got. That's so cool. They're just enjoying being together and having something in common that they share. Everything sounds really healthy. I'm glad to hear that you're seeing it that way because I just think some people think even collecting at some point can become OCD, that people are really uh, a little too into it. And yet, and that actually would be abnormal and would be unhealthy. But are you seeing anything? I hope you love your brother. I love my brother uh, and I want the best for my brother. So you don't see any downside of this for your brother, do you? I'm putting words in your mouth, but I'm just wondering, is this, how how do you see it for your brother as a very formative, positive thing to be spending time with your dad and enjoying a common home? Yeah, I I think it's really quality time mostly. I think that if there is any downside, maybe he won't do his homework as promptly as he should because he's busy doing cards with my dad and my mom will say, okay, enough. Now let's get back to school and work and everything. But really, I think they're just having fun and I think it's really a positive thing. Yeah. Has there ever been a time in our nation's history or maybe even the world's history where nostalgia was not a thing? I don't it's hard think to imagine. That, yeah, it's hard to imagine that it wouldn't be a thing, but I think it just comes more so in times that where people are overwhelmed with stress or things that are going on that are crazy in the world, natural disasters or things like that, that people really have this, there's an innate instinct for people to look for something that makes them comfortable and makes them feel like they're safe. And I just think more times like these bring that upon people. And is there a time limit? I got into this in one of my other episodes about there's like a 20 or 25 or 30 year rule sometimes for nostalgia that if you're a 40 year old, the things that were around when you were 10 or 15 give you comfort. But we were saying that George Washington or Abraham Lincoln, they're too far removed from our cultural reference. Have you done any studies on that? Or does that make any sense? Because what suggests for the future is that right now, LeBron James is really hot and he's a current player, but he's going to retire. Michael Jordan is still in memory, but the guys of a hundred years ago, the Babe Ruths of baseball, nobody saw him play uh, for the most part. So is there a time limit there? 
There definitely has to be a time limit. You have to be able to feel something for whatever object or whatever concept you're thinking about and looking at. And you have to have been involved in something a lot when you were younger. And then for it to actually make you feel that, because a lot of nostalgia is that feeling. So the comfort and sense of normalcy that comes with the things that you loved when you were a kid, I think that definitely has some sort of limit. I, I agree. I think it's an emotional connection. But having done that, you know, when I was a professor, I helped psychologists and other people at the university with their research. And what I'm struck by what you're doing and what you might be doing if you're going to get a master's and a master's thesis is that how is some of this stuff quantifiable? Because I used to help people with their research and they needed a research project. And much of it, it seems like opinions or feelings and things like that. How do you quantify this? We can see the growth of the industry in our area, but it seems like it would be difficult for you to quantify it. It's definitely difficult. There are some longitudinal studies where you'll follow people over time. That's one way I could think of right now that you follow people. It takes obviously a long time and it's expensive, but if someone has a resource to do it, they can follow someone when they're a, a child and see what they're interested in, see what their hobbies were and see what they're really passionate about. And then over time, every, let's say five to 10 years, follow back up with them and see what kind of objects they remember, what kind, what were the things that they remember using the most and then how they feel towards it, what the feelings have faded over time. And then see, going every five to 10 years, seeing how long that's sustainable. I think that's one way to do it. There are also definitely physiological ways to do it. Monitoring your, your senses. Or, yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. I think that could also work. It's definitely more difficult than other concrete things, though. Okay. Part of the discussion in our hobby is that there's like a collecting gene, and, and gene is used in a very loose way. You know, not that they're going to uh, map out the genetic code for collectors, but there's talk about there's just a collecting. Pre, some people have a predisposition to collecting. And I'm wondering, because mm-hmm. you're making the case that everybody has nostalgic feelings about something that gives them comfort. Whereas not everybody gets the collecting gene. Are you saying that everybody gets, and again, I'm using gene very loosely, that everybody gets a nostalgic gene, that they long for better days or uh, comfort from those feelings of back when things were great? Yeah, I think that's definitely an inborn trait that people have or something that is just part of human nature, that everyone long there's definitely ranges like some people are can be more nostalgic or some people just like how people are more emotional or have different it's on a spectrum but i definitely think that people have everyone longs for the past especially in these times when things are crazy and it's not normal the good news about what we're talking about is that if nostalgia is here to stay and it's a moving average or it just it moves along with us as we age then that bodes well for the future of collecting and investing and sports cards because people are going to have these feelings and they're going to continue. Whereas the collecting gene, just to editorialize here, there are a lot of people that are making a lot of money off this industry right now that have Mm -hmm. no collecting gene. They are just flipping. Mm -hmm. But there's lots of different ways that people can enjoy this hobby or even industry business. And they're tapping in probably more to other people's feelings of nostalgia than their own because they're interested in in just making money, which has come true for a lot of people. They can enjoy reading the sports page and uh, selling somebody that hit 
home runs the night before or had highlights on ESPN. I don't know that we're going to get any continuing education credits. Maybe you will, but I don't think my listeners will. But hopefully they'll enjoy, as I did, talking about kind of the psychology of collecting and nostalgia and all that. Thanks, Gabriella. Thanks, listeners. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man that-